Testing. 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 Boy, Welcome back to another episode of the Bloom and Grow podcast. Welcome. Welcome, y'all. What's up? You're listening to the Bloom and Grow podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why are you stressed? Um, yeah, well, we're us. back again for another conversation. And um, as you can tell by the title, we're going to be talking about uh, purity culture. But before we dive into that conversation, we are going to do a quick five-minute chat. I forget what you call it. Bloom and Grow Breakdown. Bloom and Grow Breakdown. Take it away, Jay. You know what? Like, let me just put a timer on because I don't think our things have actually been five minutes. This is true. So, <laughs> That's actually very valid. Okay, start. And five minutes starts now. Okay, take it away, Jay. Go. Well, we're going to just talk about what we we listened to Tornwell's uh, conversation on faith, life, and culture. Ari and I, anyway, like yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. Um, they, who's they, they being Torin Wells, like selected a couple different people who are all believers, but, um, from different walks of life, different denominations, different industries, mm-hmm. uh, to have a conversation about, well, faith, life and culture. And it was very, very interesting. And I think like my takeaway was the fact that like, I felt like I wasn't the only one in this particular thought or ideology when because like i've said it multiple times to my sisters recently and i think even before too but like they said why do we never all just like why how comes we're so divided as denominations Mm -hmm. and we miss opportunities to really come together and do good like period (laughs) like i think that just sums it up like i don't understand why like at the end of the day yes we do like a lot of times like the things that we believe in can be very different but the heart of it a lot of people who are striving to follow jesus like we believe in jesus and we want to spread love we want to do show jesus's love to those around us and it's like why can't we just come together on that and do more things Mm -hmm. i feel like we are truly missing out in this day and age like i think nowadays it's it's better way better than it was like say 10 years ago or 15 years ago like i think with social media and even with the pandemic and all of things being online a lot more christians from different areas are coming together and doing things together worshiping together whatever having an impact together and i think that is powerful i think we need to be doing more things together i think we need there's power in numbers and like we have more influence mm-hmm. if we can come together like okay we are going to do this for our community or we are going to do this together to give back to our community. Like, why does it just have to be like, just because you're in this, we're only going to do things with this organization. We're only going to listen to this organization and do this with just our church as opposed to tapping into all the other believers that we have around Mm -hmm. us. Like some of our cities across the globe, like literally you could walk 
well, I know Jamaica's like this, and I know like places um, in the, the states South. are like this as well. But you could walk down the block and come across <laughs> like you know three different churches. It would be just so much more powerful to come together. And like even what I found, even within certain like even within just one organization, mm-hmm. or actually no, sorry, let me not say an organization, but even when. A with, denomination? Uh, no, even when people can believe the same exact thing, they're not coming together just because mm-hmm. they're not in the organization or maybe they speak a different language. And I feel like that's so ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like we're just like wasting. Clowns. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I'm honestly so bothered by it. I was like, we need to connect. We need to get together. We need to have an impact. And we're I much feel like more effective we are, when we are when we join together. I just yeah, don't understand mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> I think anyways. it's very much though like uh, a scheme of the enemy that mm-hmm. we've just fallen into. Like it's we think that we're being noble or whatever for whatever reason, um, and the devil's just taking advantage of that and like mm-hmm. yeah. your lack of unity or not even unity, just like togetherness. Like Janelle mm-hmm. was saying, is just creating division and you're diminishing the impact that you can have on this world yeah and the devil's profiting from that ultimately mm-hmm. well i found so shocking was um Torn wells had fern and marty from social club misfits there and they were saying that this is so much of an issue that when they have events they can't have it at certain churches because they know that certain people won't come if it's at one type of church mm-hmm. that they have to have their concerts yeah, at bars neutral venue. or like clubs or music yeah. halls those, because those are neutral venues but he said Which it works like, out anyway. It works because, out exactly because you'll have people who yeah. might not feel comfortable in church coming. But it's just so shocking that like as a Christian, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to go there because it's at this church. And it just is very much, wow. like Abby said, a scheme of the enemy. And you, mm-hmm. you lose your effectiveness in your ministry. Like if I were an outsider looking, I'd be like, you guys don't even know what's going on. Like you <laughs> are all confused. Yeah. Clowns. Very much clowns. And Tim Tebow said something. He said his non-negotiable is Jesus. If you make that the only non-negotiable... Obviously, like, I can see where things, if you're having, like, conversations, there may be differences or whatever. But Mm -hmm. really and truly, if you all believe in Jesus, for the most part, that should be enough to, like, unite you for most, Mm -hmm. almost everything. Right? Exactly. Um, And that's five five minutes. minutes. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know. Sorry, the time. No, no, that was it. It was, yeah. (laughs) Or five minute breakdown. I hope you enjoyed that. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I'm just... I will just take it away now. Take it away. So like um, you can see by the title, we're having a conversation about purity culture today. Um, So I guess just to start things off, what is purity culture? Um, I don't know if you guys want to answer. Honestly, I don't really know. I don't know if this is right, but I think the general understanding of purity culture actually let's just go back i will go back to when we were like younger and remember that one it's only i think it's happened a couple times but i was only there for one when the church we used to go to they had like a um it wasn't called purity night or anything but the night was talking about like purity and they divided the girls and the guys and i remember the take home was like just don't have sex (laughs) and that was like all that was mm. that was mm-hmm. all that pur- purity encapsulated just like the mm-hmm. idea don't have sex and i was like okay like cool purity equivalent like mm-hmm. the equivalent it just means don't have, don't have sex, sex. Mm-hmm. and i think i don't know if that's like accurate but i think in this day and age um and in mainstream christianity what in talk when we talk about purity we 
seem to just default that. to that. But mm-hmm. you can tell us, Gabby. Yeah, no, that's that's very much true. Um, just a quick Google search of the term uh, brought this definition. So purity culture is a subculture of evangelical Christianity that peaked in the 1990s with young girls pledging to their fathers to abstain mm. from sex until marriage by wearing purity rings. Oh my gosh, purity rings. Oh, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> not promising my, that girl coming up in my head. Oh my goodness, yeah. this is probably not, it's a little bit of a tangent, but I will never forget. Like, I didn't really know purity rings was a thing until like using social media in North American spaces. I saw this um, person, she's Christian, um, and she got a purity ring from her boyfriend like six months into dating and he gave her a Tiffany ring. I'm like, this is a thing. I did not know that was a thing. I really was like, oh, I did not yeah, know Yeah, purity rings have been around for a long time. No, but my, po- well, yes, purity rings. I didn't know people were still using them. And then also for a purity ring to be on the equivalent of an engagement ring. <sighs> I'm just not understanding. And I don't know why your boyfriend, like, I, yeah, whatever. Just yeah, you're getting out for the tangent. Continue, guys. <laughs> yes, it's a promise ring. I don't know. Keep going. Yeah, promise ring, I think, is kind Different. of right? similar. It's different though because it's like someone is saying I am have int- oh, like I yeah, have the true, intention true, to marry true. you. True. It's true. I think that person's was a promise ring then to your point. Oh, okay. true. But anyways, okay. yeah, keep going. tangent. Cuz it's weird for your yeah. future husband to give you a purity ring. Stay pure anyways. to me. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> That's disgusting. Anyways, keep going. Especially, yeah. Moving on. We're off on a Um, But yeah, to your point, Ari, um, I would say in my experience as well, I guess we have shared experience. So yeah, in my experience as well, conversations about purity were very much about just like not having sex, like be pure by not having sex. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add, Jay? Or... I would agree with you. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like in the context of purity, I've really only heard it be like, close your legs. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. <laughs> that, exactly. You know, that encapsulates purity. Yeah. <laughs> Verbatim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do kind of want to talk a bit about um, the disconnect, I feel, between sex and sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I guess I'll ask you guys, do you think that sexual immorality is just about sex? Absolutely not. And I think everyone nowadays can agree with that. I think it's one thing to recognize that that's probably right. But in our actions, we don't, there's a, like Abby said, a disconnect. And I do feel like in church spaces, like people are so silly. I think there has to be well, immorality. Let that me just clarify what I'm sex. saying is. I think people nowadays definitely can say that, especially with the rise of porn. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's spe- my specific thing. Like, okay. they'd be like, if you're in porn, you're being sexually immoral. And, like, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily, you're not necessarily physically com- com- engaging. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's still super wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Janelle said, I think we have made a lot of improvement in uh, acknowledging that there is more to sexual immorality than just sex, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that we, you know, have made it, but there, we have made a lot of mm-hmm. improvement. Progress. So yeah, a lot of progress. So sexual immorality, not just about fornication, which is just like premarital sex or not just about adultery sex out or like with someone mm-hmm. else's spouse. Mm-hmm. It's also like Janelle said about pornography mm-hmm. 
and you know these we're coming to understand and accept these things it's not it shouldn't be shocking or i hope it's not shocking <laughs> but even if it is shocking it's truth um yeah. so it's also about masturbation mm-hmm. and we're not really going to be talking about this in this episode mm-hmm. but if you if that's something that you struggle with or you struggle to understand i would encourage you we to read another thing on yeah it. we can certainly if anybody wants to but um i would encourage you to honestly like janelle always says take mm-hmm. things to god in prayer mm-hmm. and ask him mind. to sh- exactly to sh- to sh- what's it show oh my god i just had a brain fart (laughs) what what do you always say show yeah basically that's what we're asking to do take it to god and search my heart that's what i was like what am i trying to say (laughs) um yeah just ask god to search your heart and like ari said with pure intentions and Mm -hmm. um with the openness to hear what he has to say because at the end of the day if you're connected to god he will point out things in you that need to be changed and And he will yeah don't deny conviction like a lot Mm -hmm. of times we do feel wrong about doing things Mm -hmm. and we just push it off Mm -hmm. and if you want to read in scripture we're going to talk about the scripture a little bit later on in the episode but i encourage you to read first corinthians 6 verse 18 to 20 um if you're still kind of wrestling with Mm -hmm. understanding why that is sexually immoral and why that is sin Mm -hmm. but sexual immorality is also um it's like fantasizing sexually or it's having lustful desires in mm. your mind and in your heart. And it's also all the things that lead up to sex that yeah. aren't sex. That's exactly. what I was saying. It begins in the mind. Jesus yeah. told mm-hmm. us this. Mm-hmm. So even like you can do all the things but actually engage in that physical intercourse. Mm. But it's still sexually immoral. So mm. I'm not going to spell things out for people because I think that you get it it. um but that is very much sexually immoral immoral behavior as well and the one that i didn't even realize until i think uh two years ago um is this one like we grew up in church we said that before and like you know we grew up learning scripture reciting scripture and like i have always been familiar with the galatians 5 um passage about works of the flesh versus mm. fruit of the spirit and you know recited the works of the flesh and, and the fruit of the spirit but i didn't even realize like i didn't even understand what i was saying mm. like and i've never really understood this word until two years ago when i started just reading and like studying that passage way more in depth and that is lascivious lasciviousness i can't even say the word but lasciviousness lasciviousness whatever it is mm-hmm. um so do any of you know what that word means i always associated it with like being very like sexual like showing off like or just mm-hmm. like it's more about your demeanor i mm-hmm. think like that's what i thought like oh like this person's dressing lasciviously it's like oh my goodness, like I'm trying to entice you mm, to like, yeah. in a lustful manner. Like mm-hmm. it's being, yeah, if that makes sense. Okay, so I'm not wise, so I didn't know. Um, <laughs> I literally would be like, oh, lasciviousness. I literally know. I literally never knew what that word meant. I just said it. I was like, yeah, that's one of them and I don't need to or know what blush. it means, but yeah, that's <laughs> one of the words. But yeah. You know what? Probably. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing that I didn't know what it meant and it's probably because I was lasciviousness. And the devil's like, you don't need to know what that means. So to Jay's point, um, uh, lasciviousness, like if 
based off the dictionary definition of that word, but also based off of like Strong's concordance um, definition. So based off of the in- original Greek and what it's um, the intended meaning that mm-hmm. it was written for, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Essentially, kind of what Janelle said is true. Lasciviousness <laughs> is lustful and sexually expressive or enticing behavior. Mm-hmm. So it's not just overt things like standing on the corner of a street <laughs> and selling your body, you know, like Janelle was Stand. saying. Um, <laughs> it's not just overt things. Like it's like Janelle said, the way that you're dressing, are you dressing in a way that is sexually enticing? And that's or- your intention. I think we have to make that yes, quite clear. Yes, yes, because- I think the best example right now on social media is the thirst trap culture. Mm-hmm. Or like thought, I guess. Or I guess we don't use that's that phasing out. Yeah. But yeah, anyways. Or... This, like, was a revelation that God gave to me in the moment. Um, even, like, the way that you flirt. Mm-hmm. Um, what is What kind of message are you suggesting when you're flirting? Or so what kind true. of feelings are you enticing yeah. when you're flirting mm-hmm. with whatever words you use true. or whatever actions you use? Like, that can be mm-hmm. lasciviousness. And I feel like I a lot of times people can pat themselves on wow. the back and think, I'm not being sexually immoral. That's not my struggle. Like you know mm-hmm. totally irrelevant to me but no like there's layers to this like yeah. it's not just the overt yeah. things and it's when you're communicating with people like how are you co- are you communicating in a way to make the other person be like hey like i want you mm-hmm. in a way that they are not supposed to want you like yep. and that was <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that's mm-hmm. so true guys yeah. So. Mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so all those things but the one that i actually really want to focus on um is taking pleasure in um in consuming media that glorifies or displays sexual immorality that Oy. is also considered sexual just give the reference immorality yeah, yeah so Sorry, this ahead. came up um, me and ariel were having a conversation with one of our friends and um they had shared this scripture with us and we or i guess i won't speak for you but i was so convicted i was just like in complete and utter shock i was like i've never read the scripture before mm. this is like changed rocking my world right now like (laughs) oh my goodness and essentially like i want to highlight that because like i said before a lot of us can pat ourselves on the back and say you know like we're not engaging in physically mm -hmm, not our struggle because we're not physically engaging in sexual behavior or we're not doing all those kind of taboo things that everyone knows not to do Mm -hmm. um but like we have to caution ourselves against patting ourselves on the back and like having a false sense of comfort and security mm-hmm. um, in not necessarily doing the, those things, but watching taking and pleasure. taking pleasure and being entertained by individuals that do those things. And I, yes. And I think, sorry, just quick plug. We actually have a full episode that goes more into detail about this. The hear no evil, see no evil yeah that's it that's what it's called uh, controversial yeah see for controversial see for like controversial that. like go back and listen to that we go mm-hmm. very much in depth about watching what you consume and, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I was just gonna say to that verse about taking pleasure i think it's important that we understand there's a spectrum to the pleasure because i think sometimes when people read that they may be thinking like okay like pornography like pleasure in the sense of pornography but pleasure could just mm-hmm. be like i'm entertained like this is a way mm-hmm. i relax and de-stress it doesn't have to be like yeah, pleasure it like doesn't have sexual, sexual pleasure yeah like you're getting off yeah. no it's just like yeah. i just want to watch this and like i'm just relaxing mm-hmm. yeah and i think when you think like that and change your benchmark then it's you are more quick to repent or like you know because mm-hmm. if you're thinking 
the mark for pleasure is sexual pleasure, then you will never, if that's not you, then you're never going to be convicted or change your behaviors, right? But when you understand that pleasure is not limited to sexual pleasure, you know, like, I find pleasure in, like, it doesn't, like, think about simple things you find pleasure in and take that same concept of pleasure and apply it to this verse. And then you'll see Mm -hmm. how, how, like, you'll be more open to God's conviction and then changing your behavior. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, we're really stressing that even taking pleasure in sexual immorality is abhorrent to God. So scripture, there's two scriptures that I want to, two passages of scripture that I want to highlight. So the first is Proverbs 2 verse 14. This is in um, the Passion Translation. It says they, and they're referring to um, individuals that aren't living righteously. So individuals that are not living righteously by God's centers of righteousness take pleasure when evil prospers and thoroughly enjoy a lifestyle of sin and i feel like even to ari's point you can read that uh scripture and think uh evil like okay like we have we are so black and white we are so black and white and we have to caution ourselves against Mm -hmm. grading uh sin Mm -hmm. and putting weight to sin because sin is sin is sin Mm -hmm. so sexual immorality is the same as murder in god's eyes Mm -hmm. it's the same as deceit it's the same as dishonoring your parents it's the same as abortion everything Mm -hmm. sin is sin is sin and all sin is evil Mm -hmm. so you can read that and think okay like i'm not taking pleasure in evil by watching my tv show or listening to my song Mm -hmm. or reading my book or fill in the blank Mm -hmm. but if it is sinful it is evil in god's eyes Mm -hmm. okay and then the second scripture that i want to highlight is romans 1 which is what um or it's from romans 1 Mm -hmm. and that's the scripture that i mentioned earlier that um a friend of ours shared with us that kind of just opened my eyes and ari's Mm -hmm. eyes into this whole concept about taking pleasure in what is evil so um, it's a really long passage, uh, but I'm just gonna focus on. Sorry, let me just get my phone. I'm just gonna focus towards the end of the scripture. So, uh, one second, where's the verse? Okay, so this is the Passion Translation. It says, Which verse? Verse. Okay, I'm just gonna give context. Yeah, oh, so this is the context. Verse 19. In reality, or sorry, not verse 19. Oh my gosh, I should have focused. I should have got my scriptures together. That's Hold okay. Follow Gabby gets her scriptures. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> at Girl Podcast. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash let's bloom. Um, yeah, and if you guys have any topics that you want us to talk about, please send us a DM. Hit us up. Yeah, send us a DM. Send us an email if you're old school. Our email is bloomandgrowpodcast at gmail.com. Or just message us on Facebook. Or if you know us personally, just text us. (laughs) (laughs) While we wait also, I will say that I think... I'm pretty sure Gabby's going to come to this and it would have probably come up in conversation, but since there's just a gap here, um, with purity culture, one big flaw is that we use sex or like, uh, sex before marriage as the benchmark 
like okay maybe. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. we'll jump okay. into it yeah i, I found the scripture like, I, like okay. I feel like she's gonna bring it up like, yeah, i just saw her I eyes just, she's like shut up yes <laughs> no, like, i'm getting can the you relax get over yourself <laughs> no 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 it's no, just because i found Gabby. the scripture okay um so i'm gonna start in verse 24 but the context is um paul is talking about individuals that kind of have turned away from god rejected the truth um even though like god has created us innate with a desire to seek truth or whatever Mm -hmm. so verse 24 says for this reason god gave them over to their own disgraceful and vile passions inflamed with lust for one another men and women ignored the natural order and exchanged normal sexual relations for homosexuality women engaged in lesbian conduct and men committed shameful acts with men receiving in themselves the due penalty for their deviation and because they thought it was worthless to embrace the true knowledge of god god gave them over to a worthless mindset to break all rules of proper conduct their sinful lives became full of every kind of evil wicked schemes greed and cruelty their hearts overflowed with jealous cravings and with conflict and strife which drove them into hateful arguments and murder they are deceitful liars full of hostility they are gossips they are gossips who love to spread malicious slander with inflated egos they hurl hateful insults at god yet they are nothing more than arrogant boasters they are rebels against their parents and totally immoral they are senseless faithless ruthless heartless and completely merciful merciful merciless Merciless. this is the key scripture i just wanted you to get context although they are fully aware of god's laws and proper order and knowing that those who do all these things deserve to die yet they still go headlong Mm. into darkness encouraging others to do the same and applauding them who do um another translation puts that that scripture that's verse uh 32 in a different like it here's it translated sorry i can't speak in a different scripture it says although they know god's righteous decree and his judgment that those who do such things deserve death yet they not only do them but they even enthusiastically approve and tolerate those who practice them Mm. so i read all of that kind of back scripture to kind of go back to my earlier point that evil is evil sin Mm -hmm. is sin so sexual immorality is on the same spectrum as all those other sins that were that were listed in in the um previous verses and Mm -hmm. so i'm just say stating that to emphasize that um there's we kind of need to just break down this concept in our minds that sexual immorality is a worse of sin like a sin that's worse off than other sins like at the end of the day, sin is sin. But yeah, exactly. Entertaining and engaging and finding pleasure or applauding those. There's so much language. Mm-hmm. Approving, tolerating people that engage in sinful lifestyle, that is sinful. Especially mm-hmm. when you know already that this is sinful mm-hmm. behavior and you're still finding pleasure in that. Mm-hmm. I think that verse is so, so like important and should be something that we use to guide how we interact in this social media day and age like and especially the language applauding them when they do mm. i'll just use the example of like i don't know if anyone else has noticed how in the last little bit women have just seemed to become more like i think we've shifted away from that thought culture where it's like oh like you're being x y and z and like tacky to more like okay wow she's proud of her body like here is her in scantily clad but like she's not 
doing it for the attention of men. She's doing it for body confidence. And then, you know, we can tell her, be like, yeah, you go, girl. You're so mm-hmm. confident. Your body mm-hmm. looks great. Da, 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 da. And it's like, we have to be so careful that we are not applauding behavior that God looks down upon. And again, I'm not trying to say like, be yeah, not that and every, yeah, and not every post, yeah. but just to be wise about it. You're I'm right. just talking about like the most extremes that I could think of was like Chloe and Hallie, like Hallie, the older sister. I remember when everyone was getting upset that she was posting like herself and revealing clothing. They're like, you're still 18. And then you had people, all types of people, like young people, people who you wouldn't really think would approve. Be like, no, no, no. Like she's gaining confidence in her body. It's a part of her journey of womanhood. And I think that we've changed how we've seen, I don't know. I've seen how in this current society and like generation X, like when we see women or females dress like that, we're shift away from like that thought mindset to like okay no that's just no but i think there's a yeah right like but i think there's still there's it's so interesting because i feel like there's like half and half so you have people that you'd see that like that their intention is to entice Mm -hmm. and then you have others that are truly like they're like showing their cellulite and their scars to be like hey i have this too yeah Mm -hmm. i get saying, but that's not what i was talking no but like i guess i get there's also honestly social media is just a a wild place i think the takeaway is honestly to just be careful because in sometimes even in the in the claim of being body positive and like encouraging people that it could still be Mm -hmm. um, that's a good point i never thought about that Mm -hmm. you know What's the word I'm looking for? Impure. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the word is. Yeah, but even like that's a but good being point, careful right? about what mm-hmm. we, mm-hmm. how we interact in- with that exactly. and engage with it mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. yeah, and I don't want it to just be like about women that's what, or yeah, that's about women's bodies. Or oh yeah, because like that's that, a pet peeve. That's a pet peeve of mine. Like this applies to mm-hmm. different aspects as well. Not just I know our conversation right now is about purity culture and sexual immorality, but. It, across the board be careful about what media you're consuming and yeah. how you're interacting with that media and mm-hmm. what those people what the messages that people are portraying behind mm-hmm. what they post and what you in turn do kind of condone by yeah. the way that you interact with that media yeah even like, though you may not necessarily realize that yeah. you are condoning just to be careful about how you interact on social media yeah. like it's a it's caution for all of us honestly mm-hmm. and i just like quick little plug here like if you are a believer like I guess, like, we should have said this at the beginning, but disclaimer, this is obviously for people who are people who have accepted Jesus and they're trying to live live. for him. They're believers. I'm not, like, this is not coming at anyone who doesn't know God and and you're living in a different way. completely different. Like, we're we're not trying to be condescending or anything. Like, anything that we've mentioned that we've claimed as sin, yes, it's sin, but that doesn't negate the fact that God loves you and he loves all of us equally no matter what you're doing, no mm-hmm. matter what you have done and no matter what you mm-hmm. will do in the future. You're a person so, before you are like a sinner. Like we, yeah, you know so what? like it's not condemning. We're mm-hmm. not condemning anyone. We're just talking to people who are aiming to live in a way that Jesus has laid out for us and we're encouraging you. Also coming from a place where like we've all messed up in this area. Yeah, like we're not saying that we've gotten it. Mm-hmm. right you know like and we're still learning different things like Abby said like recent revelations as well mm-hmm. for different things so just a disclaimer mm-hmm. I love that you said that that was totally necessary mm-hmm. we don't want this to be misconstrued we're not, not coming from a place of yeah. judgment at all yeah um, and you still show love to all these people yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so I did kind of want to segue mm-hmm. and I have another question for you guys um do you think that purity 
can or has become an idol. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 100%. I think, like, let's just go back to previous conversations that we've talked about idolatry. Idolatry is just anything that, for very simply, like, takes up more space than it should, but then also, like, comes before things that really matter, like God or whatever. And I do think that in Christian spaces, purity has become an idol because we have focused on that so much and we've neglected other things. Honestly, I feel like we just spend so much time on sexual purity that we forget the call to just be pure. And being pure actually encapsulates more than just being sexually pure. And I think that's where we go wrong. Mm -hmm. And so you have a lot of people idolizing this idea of like, oh, like I haven't physically had sex or like Mm -hmm. I have stayed pure sexually for the most part or whatever. But you are impure Mm -hmm. in your heart. You're impure in your actions in other areas. And I feel like we can just put sexual purity on a pedestal and then forget to tend the other areas. Absolutely. That also encapsulate purity. Because, um, like, do you have a definition for what being pure is? Like, what, yeah, what? Okay. As, I'm going to cover that. I was in. also going to say, like, maybe I don't want to. I think for some of the spaces where sexual purity has become an idol, it's really just for lack of understanding. Because I know that people will be like, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But they're seeing that as blessed are the sexually pure. And then they also have the wrong understanding of sexual purity. Blessed are those that have not had premarital sex, for they shall see God. <laughs> and that's just, like, not right like mm-hmm. at all but i don't know if that's like intentional we just just really don't have the understanding that we should i'm oh, sorry and then just a quick one because i don't think we'll, we'll we're probably moving on but just so you know like to reinforce that it starts in the thoughts matthew 15 talks about that when jesus talks about mm-hmm. even if you it's not just committing the act but it starts in the mind mm-hmm. like it's not you just committing adultery it's like if you look at your neighbor's wife and start to lust you're already sinning so just keep that in mind as well like the scripture is very clear and also first Thessalonians 5 verse 22 shun the very appearance of evil mm-hmm. so or abstain from all appearance of evil that's king james version mm-hmm. so you like any little indication yeah. of evil run yep that's what the bible is saying because we don't do that (laughs) so it's just like don't pat yourself on the back so quickly like even Mm -hmm. if you're not doing any of the things like again but those are the scriptures if you're thinking about things that you shouldn't be thinking about if you are doing any other thing that is enticing the feelings Mm -hmm. then yeah yep 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 good point and like janelle said or janelle and ariel like yeah purity can can and has definitely become an idol in some Christian spaces. Um, because like Ari said, like ultimately idolatry is when you put anything above the place where God should be in your life. So it could be that you're elevating sexual purity um, or even modesty, but we won't even go there. Okay. But those things become more important to you than your relationship with oh, Christ. God. That's not that's not how it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I want to talk about motives um, because I think motives matter. And so uh, a lot of talk, I feel, in our experience, we'll just speak from our experience because we're not going to presume to know, you know, everything, but we'll speak from our experience. And I think I can speak from all of us. (laughs) I can speak for all of us when I say this, that a lot of talk that we've heard about purity and abstinence in the Christian community is framed in a way that encourages young people to save themselves for marriage out of love and respect for their future spouses. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so do you have any thoughts about that? 
I don't agree with that. I think 100%. it comes from good intention, mm-hmm. but I don't believe we should be doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that should be. And the at the same time, I I get that sometimes if that they're trying to do anything that they can to mm-hmm. keep people from falling into sexual sins, and if they right. think that if that's an avenue that will work for some people, then sure. But I do right. believe that that should not be the basis of why we aim to be pure. I think right. that's ma- manipulative, kind of, when we use that mm. for young people. And I also think it then encourages this possess- like possessive view mm-hmm. of the partner. If you're like, I, especially if someone grabs a hold of that ideology, like, let's say you're the male in the relationship mm-hmm. and you're the girl, like, the girl says to him, like, save yourself for me. And then when you get to the relate, get married, you're like, yeah, I saved myself for you. It's like, you're mine. Like, you did that for me. So every, like, you, you saved, <laughs> you know, it can be very manipulative and just yeah. sick and yep. feed into But I think it also takes away from the fact that, and a lot of people don't think about this, but that purity continues after marriage. 100%. And mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, okay, like, you're saving, do it because you're protecting your spouse. And then, like, yes, there is protection in that. But, for some reason it makes it like a end goal like okay once we are now married Mm -hmm. then the purity doesn't have to continue it does Mm -hmm. it just takes on a different shape maybe but the purity still continues Mm -hmm. so i feel like it's not a good idea to necessarily do that and the reality of the situation is at the end of the day why are we doing things are we doing Mm -hmm. it for man or for god yeah like the heart of it should be for god or mm-hmm. in a relationship with him like god i love you so much and i value your words so mm-hmm. much that i'm striving to do this to please you i'm striving to do mm-hmm. this to honor you because i choose to love you i well, choose scripture says if you love me you'll keep my commandments so like yeah if you're not keeping the commandments and like that that commandment whatever, also not everybody's gonna get married so yeah. like what are you doing so i will never get married but i also will never have sex because <laughs> i'm saving myself for a spouse that doesn't exist it doesn't make sense yeah it's flawed it's It's flawed flawed. like janelle said uh of course you know probably what that was said with good intentions in mind and ultimately i guess if that's all that someone can cling to then i'm not gonna we're not here to fault people no 100 not you know the way Mm -hmm. they're the way that they get through things but Mm -hmm. like janelle said not the end all be all we're kind of missing the mark um, and I love that you, you kind of just took the words out of my mouth um, when you started talking about that the fact that our ultimate motive should be to please God mm-hmm. at the end of the day. At the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day. And Ari took my scripture from me, but I'm going to read Sorry. it again. No, that's fine. I'm going to read it. Um, so this is this is Leviticus 18, verse 4. It says, we ultimately... Oh, sorry. That's not what it says. You must obey my regulations and be careful to obey my decrees, for I am the Lord your God. I also wanted to read this. I mentioned it earlier. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18 to 20. Um, This is the Amplified version. It says, run away from sexual immorality in any form, whether thought or behavior, whether visual or written. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the one who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Mm -hmm. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property? You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. So to Janelle's point, we ultimately should be abstaining from sexual sin for God first and foremost. 
our true motive should always be in our true motive in obeying that command to remain sexually pure should be to please god and like ari said i do think it's not god's intent for us to look at virginity as kind of like a a prize or a reward um for either our our, like our future spouse that may never be or for ourselves like and our future spouse is rewarding us with Mm -hmm. that like that's never really been modeled in scripture anywhere (laughs) and god literally god is just so simple he literally said obey my commands and you obey my commands because you're mine that's yeah. it. He didn't. There's no the protection the Bible. they're mentioning. Honestly, is really just blessing that God is bestowing upon you both for being mm-hmm. obedient to His word. Exactly. So I want to highlight that the First Corinthians six verse eighteen to twenty scripture literally just says, "Run from away from sexual immorality," um, because your mind basically that's what god's saying it doesn't say run from sexual immorality to honor your future husband or your future wife so it's clear it's abundantly clear resoundingly clear that the bible the only reason the bible gives from preserving sexual immor- uh, se- sexual intimacy for marriage is that we belong to god and if we proclaim to be believers then we are to do as he commands mm-hmm. that's it simple as that sex outside of marriage is not a sin just because you're sinning against your body or sinning against a future spouse but because you're sinning against god mm-hmm. and um i love this quote that i found um from this article written by uh some writers of the boundless blog which is associated with the focus of the focus on the family focus on the family mm-hmm. is that what it's called It says, while saving intimacy for marriage is always best, we devalue God's intent for sex when we view it as a reward for good behavior. Mm. The promise of marital oneness, then, is not one of ongoing nuclear chemistry. Rather, it's knowing that there's a safe space to love and experience one another throughout our lives, throughout the peaks and the valleys that virtually every couple eventually walks through. Mm So um, in that kind of in line with that then sexual intimacy outside of marriage is a violation of god's covenant and a degradation of his temple Mm -hmm. because we are his temple and that stems i really truly believe that it stems from a lack of uh love for god and a lack of respect for him and his sovereignty 100 and i think that we miss that like i understand that for some people like janelle mentioned it's really hard it's a challenge and the only thing that they can grasp is that kind of concept of here on earth like that i need to honor my horizontal relationship with it's sad even um, because someone it's not, I, love. I need to honor myself mm-hmm. it's like you've gone beyond that and said i need to honor yeah, my future partner going mm-hmm. back to the root issues Yikes. like there's so because much it's like you think that they go honor yourself like honor yourself yeah. have such high regard for yourself they and who you themselves. know god has called you to be they want people to love them that you would you know protect Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. no yeah it's so sad like but i think it's so much easier and like i'm speaking from experience and i'm sure that you and um you janelle and erin can also kind of chime in but it's so much easier to serve god and to um you know follow his commands when at the foundation there's love because it's so hard to do things that are 
unnatural. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We are flesh. We <laughs> are human. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect yeah. beings. Like yeah. doing right does not come, come naturally natural to us. Okay. So it's so much harder to do things that don't come naturally to us, that are no uncomfortable when there's no love for the person that we're doing it for mm-hmm. and there's no respect. Like it's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to be half as successful as if, w- if you are entering into, you know, trying to live righteously and holy with a love for God and a desire to please the one that you mm-hmm. love, like Janelle said. Like, mm-hmm. so I think we just miss out on opportunity to, I guess, thrive in this area and to be overcomers in this mm-hmm. area when we are focusing on minute reasons mm-hmm. and not, and we're missing the bigger pictures. Like, if fundamentally at the core you love God and you have a, de- if you love God, then you have a desire to please Him and you have a desire mm-hmm. to do things that He has called you to do, even though it's uncomfortable and it's hard. Mm-hmm. You're so much more motivated to overcome that discomfort because at the end of the day you want to please the one that you love that's why we started this whole podcast our first episode was having developing a real relationship with god and it's just something that's so missed and obviously we're not saying like okay you have true love for god your relationship with god so everything that you struggle with will become like like disappear Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. it won't necessarily disappear but it's easier to overcome almost everything every mm-hmm. struggle you'll face when you have that true relationship with god and if you're struggling like knowing you have a relationship with god you can come back to him and be like lord restore that love rekindle that fire that flame and let mm-hmm. that be what sustains me i want to please you like, I, like and i think like you can go back and listen to that episode because i you can get a lot more there that we don't have the time for here but in general please remember that and you can look at your relationships with your family and other people that you say that you love love is not just a feeling or emotion Mm -hmm. it is actually a choice that you make daily to put people in a in high regard honestly you're choosing and you're being intentional about Mm -hmm. making choices to care for someone else you know it's not feelings or emotions and so if I think when you can go into a relationship with God that way as well, because a lot of times people are like, I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't feel. And nah, 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 nah. You know, yeah. you're not always going to feel it. Do you always feel it with your with your sisters, your no. parents, <laughs> your spouse? Mm-hmm. No. But you said, I made a commitment and I'm choosing each day to love. I'm choosing each day to be intentional about placing this person in the high regard that I said I was going to. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like you have to be intentional about it, which means making decisions every single day. I'm going to put you first, God, mm-hmm. whether or not you feel like it. 100%. That's love. Mm-hmm. Um, This is not really like that big of a deal, but I kind of just want to point it out just since it was kind of alluded to in the quote that I read. Um, the part like about where does it say the promise of marital oneness is not one of ongoing nuclear chemistry. Um, I think that I'm just gonna put a tidbit here and then we'll just move on. But I think it's just very damaging when um, or it, there's so much tension between living in the world but being but being called to not be of the world because mm-hmm. we have so much uh, available to us through media um, and media has defined intimacy and they have um, wrongly they have you know made statements and they have depicted pictures of what intimacy looks like or what mm-hmm. that is um, and you see it in books you see it in movies you see it you hear it in music you see it everywhere it's pervasive <laughs> in the culture and the time that we're living in and even before this time there have 
just always been um, demonstrations of a worldly kind of view on intimacy and sex and things like that. And I think it's really damaging when um, we are consuming media and the way that intimacy is portrayed and depicted and it can tarnish or warp the true intimacy and the true picture of Mm -hmm. um, sexual intimacy in the context of marriage that God has designed. And it can cause harm like when you enter into a covenant, when you're viewing intimacy or sex or whatever in the way that the world views it. And I think I'm kind of speaking abstractly because I don't really want to go into it. But just like one example, um, I would say is like, I feel like in um, mainstream media, we see sex as something that is self-gratifying. And Mm. that is not what we, that's not God's intention. Mm -hmm. That's not seen in scripture. It's not just about self-gratification. So Mm. I'm just saying that to caution, like kind of going back to what we spoke about earlier. Um, about being mindful of what you consume because it does shape your viewpoint and it does um, have ramifications. So we have to be really, really careful about the media that we're consuming Mm -hmm. um, in whatever form that is. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I will move on. So um, another motive that I kind of want to, uh, I guess, talk about with you guys is, um, or maybe not motive, but just another kind of thing that we've seen in our experience Um, in the church or the Christian community talking about sex. What do you think um, about this uh, end of the spectrum or this extreme, Mm -hmm. like bashing sex in church or um, bashing sexual desire or making it taboo to even talk about sex? What do you think about that approach to sexual purity? I honestly don't think I see that so much anymore, but it was definitely a thing back in the day, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't honestly if I'm being real I feel like I've never experienced that I've experienced more bashing for females having any conversation about sexual struggle like every Mm -hmm. time that I've heard sexual or sexual immorality or like they talked anything about sexual immorality or struggles it was always really catered to the guys Mm -hmm. like girls didn't have a problem with porn like girls didn't have a problem with sexual immorality like girls didn't have a problem with like masturbate like all of those things Mm -hmm. never discussed and i remember even having an experience of someone share that and almost like there being a split half and half of like people like i don't think it was appropriate for you to share that and other people like it was almost kind of refreshing Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I think there is definitely a gender-based mm-hmm. difference mm-hmm. in how the church reacts to um, sexual purity, mm-hmm. which is so wrong. And I think that, like, nowadays, like, you, it really needs to be targeted to each, like, to both genders, mm-hmm. honestly. I agree, yeah. <clears throat> I do think, like, we're too quiet about it. I just think, in general, the church is a large, large, larger scale is mm-hmm. very quiet on things that like are like we're so loud about revival and evangelism mm-hmm. but we don't talk about the literal things that make up day-to-day life mm-hmm. one of them being our sexual nature we're humans right mm-hmm. um and i think that does a huge disservice because if you're someone who's struggling with that then you don't feel like there's a space to talk about it in church mm-hmm. then you no look for other space. spaces yeah. to talk about it Absolutely. and we don't Which know who dangerous. on earth is shaping your views around sex when you don't have the space to talk about it in church mm-hmm. and i think especially like 
that becomes a problem in parenting because like if you don't talk about it in church then your kids won't feel comfortable like if you're raising christian children there might not be that comfort level for your kids to come to you and talk about it and then Mm -hmm. parents don't know what to say and it's just so dangerous Mm -hmm. i feel like because we're missing the opportunity to one place godly truth in those that were around Mm -hmm. like um, and it needs to be done now. It do- needs to be done. Like, I think, especially because we are living in a period of time in the past, I would even say five years, mm-hmm. where the world has evolved so much so in terms rapidly. of sexuality. Yeah. Like, sexuality so has dramatically, like, spiraled out of control mm-hmm. in the past. There's almost, like, no bounds. Yeah. yeah. Just, and But we're having no conversations with it about it. I think it. it's so silly. And I just, I don't know. I... I don't understand the logic of people who are like churched and in church um, cultures who don't want to talk about it. Like, I don't really understand what it is. Like, if you have discomfort about talking about sex, you need to address that because it's not normal. Like, Mm -hmm. as to be someone in leadership and not want to address that, like, that's as much a part of life as like eating food is. Like, if you're, and I don't think it, and I think a lot of people, and this happens in the world as well. I've actually heard people say this in the world as well. Like, everybody's relying on someone else to educate their children mm-hmm. or educate yeah. someone, you know, like mm-hmm. parents are like, Oh, like they, they'll learn it in school or mm-hmm. like they will learn it here, yeah. but no one's taking the responsibility to actually do it. So what's mm-hmm. left is everyone is going online mm-hmm. and that's yeah. where the problem happens. And so like, yeah. we need to, as churches, I believe have these conversations. People are like, Oh, we shouldn't talk. No, no. <laughs> here's the thing if you don't talk about it they will find out yeah, from someone else and like ariel yeah. said we don't know where that source is yeah, and exactly. if it's grounded in truth so we have to have these conversations mm-hmm. quite blatantly and openly and i think we're not saying like we're not saying necessarily ex- like explicitly but it needs to like i think we, we just sometimes glaze over like okay uh, don't have sex before marriage no porn that's it like you don't <laughs> ever go deeper than that but we need to just have like you know what are you consuming mm-hmm. what are this what are the feelings that are being stirred up within you like mm-hmm. we need to just have some more breakdown discussions like, basically. mindsets and i think in other, safe spaces mm-hmm. there's lots of things that can go wrong when churches or christian communities the general culture um shies away from these topics or even bashes it you mm-hmm. can create shame in individuals mm-hmm. or like people are like especially if you're young people are going to be curious as is and mm-hmm. then you can have add to this level of curiosity by saying nothing and then that curiosity can take you mm-hmm. god knows where mm-hmm. so you can create shame curiosity um and what janelle was saying too like by glossing over like i think the problem is actually most times people don't talk about it because they don't want to have questions that they can't answer and it's like okay like or they're thinking that if they talk about you it, might it's going to stir it up stir that's the reality <laughs> if it was if it was so easy to start up just by having the conversation. There's something underlying that needs to be addressed anyways. Like, people are think, like, you... But it's better to have a conversation exactly. regardless That's because at saying. least you're telling them Some how to overcome Some of these people think it. they're so powerful exactly. that they can create behaviors in people. Reality is, you saying it or not, the person who's listening probably already has some exposure. And you opening that door to have that conversation, if that leads them down a certain path, that is a deeper issue than you having the conversation. Um... <sighs> But yeah, anyways, keep going at me. Mm-hmm. I just wanted you to really actually touch on that shame piece. And I, I'm glad, though, that we had that additional conversation because it's so true. But I I do think that, like Janelle said, we're kind of progressing and it's not necessarily the same as it was maybe like 10, 20 years ago when 
um, there was more like a culture of shame around sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I want, I, blah, blah, blah. I asked that question because I remember that Ariel had shared with me. I don't remember when, but um, uh, what are those people called? The uh, the guy that makes the funny Kev on stage. Kev on stage. Oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a conversation from Kev on stage's podcast, and it was a conversation between him and his wife. His wife was saying that she grew up uh, like the Christian community that she grew up in. Sex was very taboo. It was Pentecostal. It was painted Mm -hmm. as like sexual desire is wrong, sexual passion is wrong. Like as much as if you're a female, like nothing. Yeah, especially with with females in the Christian community, like there's just no conversation about (laughs) it, or you're shunned, or looked at as if Mm. you're strange, if you have sexual desire, if you like. As if God didn't put that in you. Exactly. Mm. That's really what we want to highlight. Like God created us (laughs) as sexual beings, whether or not you want to believe it or not. To bring that up with God. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, like so that kind of atmosphere that she grew up in very much influenced her, the way that she behaved in her marriage. Yeah. And it created shame in her. It, even in the context of marriage, mm-hmm. in the context of sexual intimacy in a married relationship, mm-hmm. she felt shame. She felt so much shame mm-hmm. because that culture had instilled so that in so her. Sad. So I just think like we, there's very, there's so much that's wrong uh, on the spectrum. And I just wanted to highlight that. But sorry, another thing that we also don't talk about when it comes to shame is individuals who may have been taught or like know, have some head knowledge, like, you know, abstain from sex before marriage. They end up not doing that and they come into the marriage and Mm. there's also shame. So Mm. the same couple, um, Kev had shame Mm -hmm. for sleeping with other women before his wife. And then, so he felt uncomfortable. And then she has a shame of feeling like, oh my God, no one ever spoke about this. And I have these desires now that I'm married. Yeah. Like, is this normal? I think because people so paint much- sexual sins is like, if you do it, you're tainted. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where that, that must be something that's inbred in us. Because I don't understand, like, I can't pinpoint an exact it's where, the- where it came from. Mm-hmm. But it's true. It's like, a lot of times when you mess up, it's like, they feel, it's like, you know, with so other sins, like it's mm-hmm. with other sins, like oh, if I lie, or if I do this, or it's if like I guilt like guilt times a thousand. Yeah, if yeah. The, then it's like I can easily overcome that, but like if I mess up sexually, I'm like I have I'm a ruined a scar. Mm-hmm. I have like, you know, like the I'm broken. A. You know, I have oh, the letter A. Scarlet. You know, yeah. and because of that, like we carry so much shame. When the reality is, there is no condemnation in Christ, mm-hmm. and if you have repented mm-hmm. and you have said lord i'm not gonna do this again i'm mm-hmm. sorry i'm moving on like mm-hmm. god forgives you and he forgets it mm-hmm. so we need to move on too Amen. but i just wanted to add that uh, that conversation about shame because i think sometimes or even not, obviously shame is not of god but like that is something that you have to deal with even even after repented like you continually have to yeah, the you know the enemies like that's something you have to think about like when you mm-hmm. get into your marriage that's are you true. ready to deal with how that will inter inter interfere with or um impact your intimacy with your spouse mm-hmm. anyways i'll keep going natural progression though because that's i do want to talk about <laughs> shame and that was what i was going to talk about next um so we just kind of started the conversation but um you can have shame like we just mentioned about your sexual past or uh, the very specific example with kevin stage's wife mm-hmm. kind of just around sexual desire but i don't want to talk about that but shame around your sexual past mm-hmm. Um, because you've sinned in the past sexually. Um, but I also do want to uh, highlight shame that individuals may have um, that stems from being sexually violated and feeling like they're no longer <laughs> a virgin. Because I feel like um, 
they don't talk like about we, that either. Yeah, like <laughs> we like we mentioned, the purity culture that was kind of that kind of arose like in the nineties from like the sect of evangelicalism um, is just very, very, very misconstrued, and mm. it has like idolized and kind of elevated the idea of virginity when that is not seen at all in the bible like it was <laughs> yeah, not so, so i want to like for everyone that struggles with sex shame in relation to their sexual history or their mm-hmm. past or even if it's that you've been violated sexually mm-hmm. i want mm-hmm. to say loud and clear mm-hmm. for you that it was never it, god's yeah. intent for our worth to be measured by our virginity 100 percent. never so, so like <clears throat> even if you have heard in christian mm-hmm. churches whatever or in your home your christian home or in different christian spheres that you know there's that like janelle said you're tainted because of x y and z that you did that you did in your past or someone or else what did has to been you. done to mm-hmm. you in your past not biblical no i want to emphasize that even if you're part of a christian environment where that is very much the culture we have to remember that we take our cues from scripture yeah so um this is a totally different conversation but (laughs) just because something's done in a church or because a christian says something or does something doesn't mean that it's bible and that it's right or Mm -hmm. um at the end of the day we need to follow what is modeled in scripture Mm -hmm. and what scripture says we look to scripture for how to live not to culture even if it's church culture Mm -hmm. um so I want to give examples of places in the Bible where we see like God engaging or any places in the Bible that are real and talk about people that have sexual sin or sexual history. Mm -hmm. Because um, I can say for certainty that we don't see anywhere in the scripture, God in heaven or Jesus when he walked on the earth, condemn or shame people for their sexual past. So um, here, so like we none of these are i don't think are um like unknown to us but i'll just reiterate them for anyone that needs a reminder or maybe you're not aware of but we can talk about the woman that's caught in the act of adultery in john 8 oh my gosh that's jesus literally says i do not condemn you i am not here to shame you for Mm -hmm. your past i'm encouraging you to live a life free of sin broskies caught in the act (laughs) literally caught in the act of sexual jesus the messiah adultery Mm -hmm. you know people were shaming her and they brought her to jesus because they wanted um him to condemn her and he didn't he embraced her and he forgave her and he encouraged her to live Mm -hmm. a life free of sin okay Mm -hmm. next example we all are familiar with rahab known prostitute okay like she is the epitome of redemption yeah. even before jesus came on earth like he was showing that he is a god of grace even in mm-hmm. the old covenant and he was showing that he's a god of redemption even mm-hmm. in the old covenant so people that want to talk about the fact that grace is not in the <laughs> old testament not true yeah. rahab is a perfect depiction of that she was redeemed from her past Obviously, you know, she came to repentance, which is what we, what Janelle had alluded Stressing, to. Like, yeah. after you, you know, have come to repentance and you have, de- like, you know, made the decision that you don't want to, regardless of what you did in your past, you don't want that to be your future and you don't want to continue in that lifestyle. God is a God of redemption and he will honor that. And he honored that in Rahab. She was redeemed. And from her lineage mm-hmm. is 
where Christ was born. Yeah. Like that is the perfect picture of redemption. Yep. And the fact that her worth, who she was as a person, mm-hmm. what she could bring to the table had nothing to do right? with her virginity because yeah. she would have been chief among them like prostitute. prostitute like that didn't interfere at all mm-hmm. with her purpose and with what she had to bring yeah and then and she's what also god was able to and what god was yeah. able to do through her mm-hmm. and she was also later highlighted in hebrews 11 mm-hmm. in the hall of faith one of two women yeah okay Isn't like that, so like when we talk yeah. about redemption and when we talk about worth it's possible think about it it's possible and then of course we all know david mm-hmm. um literally after his murder after his murderous and adulterous yeah stint with bathsheba did god reject him did he throw no. him out the door did he say actually i don't want to use you anymore because it's you are so tainted honest. you have uh you know violated mm-hmm. your covenant with your wife you've taken another man's wife you've killed that man mm-hmm. Do we see God throw him out the window? No. No. He was still very much used by God. So I want to emphasize that our worth, like, even if in culture you're seeing that people are measuring you and and judging your worth by your virginity or, um, or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. Um, and really by anything. Mm-hmm. But in this conversation, we're talking about sexual purity, whatever, virginity, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not what we see in the Bible. And our worth ultimately comes from god alone our worth comes from the fact that he saved Mm -hmm. us from the fact that he redeemed us and from the fact that he's called us into newness of life like janelle had mentioned i'm just going to read second corinthians 5 verse 17 just for reiteration purposes but i think the point has been made but therefore if anyone be in christ he is a new creature Mm -hmm. old things are passed away behold all things are become new so regardless of what you've done in your past regardless of whether or not you're a virgin regardless of whether or not you've been sexually violated that is your past and when you come Mm -hmm. into relationship with christ you are made brand new amen i wanted to say a couple things just as you're reading all those examples it's just becoming abundantly clear to me how stupid and also like how much of a tool of the enemy it is that we don't talk about sex like literally so many like sex is talked about so much in the bible (laughs) Mm -hmm. or alluded to and we're literally as is as a general christian culture like like we're not talking about it also um what you're saying about your worth being defined by virginity i want to flip that too because i feel like in this day and age now if you are a virgin that's like something that's not common so people in if you come across people who aren't virgins your worth is like why are you still virgin why are you still virgin mm-hmm. if god didn't measure worth by someone's virginity or lack of their then you don't need to feel any way or like feel pressured or uncomfortable in those settings um don't feel pressured anyways yeah like don't my feel life, exactly like okay i'll do what i want to do i'm yeah. not coming to you asking why are you not a virgin yeah mm-hmm. like i just think that's, that's something that's <laughs> literally so this, generation this generation is just too enough in other people's business too enough because like if we were to flip the switch people would be so offended like so you can't talk to me about that but like but they take such an interest when you find out you're a virgin <laughs> anyways but another thing that you said about um that scripture uh all things Second yeah sorry what yeah mm-hmm. i know the verse but it's, my brain is just lagging that's okay um i think that's another one that's important because sometimes you can be like uh no i was born this way or like let's say you look at your family line like my dad was hoeing and throwing mm. my uncle like you don't know who i am i was born this way like mm-hmm. my blood like in my family were very sexual and we all make sexual mistakes mm-hmm. that 
we love to say we're born this way and that way. Go but to when the we come to God, episode, exactly. generational curses. <laughs> <laughs> when we come to God, he makes us a new creature. So it doesn't matter if you feel you were born into True. a bloodline or a body that but doesn't cut want the, to... cut the curse off. Yeah. We can read David's entire story because the door he opened with Bathsheba... Mm-hmm. He had a whole bunch of sexual sin. Tamar was raped by her brother. Yeah, incest. Absolute, whole oh, lot of yeah. things going on. Yeah. So cut it off. Yeah. Like Jay said, go back to the episode. But I just want to add that piece too. Because like we can say like, yeah, we're... We can use scripture and only apply it to one context. And miss that like God wants to speak to us too. Whatever our reality is. So like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you feel you were born as. Or like whatever. God is saying you can... Be a new creature. Yeah, once you, you can be him. more than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can be different. But also go back to generational curses episode. Amen. <laughs> so to kind of close off our discussion, I'm going to talk about something that Janelle had alluded to at the beginning, and um, that is what it means to be pure. So do you think that we've simplified what it means to be pure? That's a rhetorical question because it has been alluded to already <laughs> in this conversation. But I guess. If you want to answer, you can. If we've simplified it in this discussion? No, 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 no. Huh? Sorry. In Christian culture, sorry. Oh. Do you think that what it means to be pure has been simplified? Sorry, I should have clarified. Uh, I don't know if simplified is a word. As in, have we... Sorry, maybe that's a bad bad wording. And maybe I didn't need to answer the, ask that question because we kind of already <laughs> answered it. But... <laughs> it's okay, go ahead. Essentially, what I meant is, do, we, do you think... and Maybe I'm not even going to answer the question, ask the question because I already know. Okay. But <laughs> purity, unfortunately, <laughs> has been kind of uh, placed like in one box, flattened and just suppressed, been seen as something that's one dimensional when uh, yeah, it yeah. is very <clears throat> much encompassing not just sexuality, but every aspect of our life, yeah. mm-hmm. which is kind of what Janelle had alluded to when she or I don't know who it was, but when... Yeah, I said that, like, it's not just about... Like, you can be sexually pure and still impure. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then Ari actually had mentioned that beatitude, Matthew 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Um, I'm going to read it in amplified version, though. It says, blessed, anticipating God's presence, spiritually mature, mm-hmm. are the pure in heart, those with integrity, moral courage and godly character for they will see god (laughs) okay so um i love the amplified version because it often expands upon um the original greek so i do just want to read the greek uh definition for i thought you're gonna say i want to read it in greek i was like oh my god you can speak greek (laughs) i made it my class at university (laughs) (laughs) um so it kind of already expounded upon what it meant to be pure in the amplified version based off of the original meaning um, of the word, the Greek word. But I do also want to read the definition for the Greek word used for heart Mm. here. So the heart, the Greek word used for heart here is cardia, which gets lost in English translation because it's not just the heart, the physical heart. It pertains to one's thoughts, Mm. one's desires, actions, passions, feelings, and impulses. So it's really our minds, our emotions, Mm -hmm. the very essence of who we are. So what does the scripture mean? At the essence of who we are, we should be pure. 
And that should be demonstrated in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our endeavors, in our passions, in our desires, in our affections, in our feelings, in our impulses. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think about when I read that scripture, the the expounded part? Uh, Blessed are the pure in heart, those with integrity, moral courage, and godly character. I think the part that jumps out is godly character. Integrity for me. Honestly, it's just so funny because, like I, I think I mentioned before, but I'm trying to like study proverbs, and mm-hmm. I'm like, uh huh. If you pursue wisdom and actually seek to be wise, not just moral. I think a lot of times we we focus on just being moral, mm-hmm. but God didn't just call us to be moral. He called us to be wise. Why would you have a whole book on wisdom? Mm-hmm. Why would he? Wisdom pops up so many different times. He calls us to be wise as well. Yeah. And like we're living below our means as Christians, not pursuing wow. that. But like James three seventeen says that the wisdom that's from above is first. Yes. Oh, that's so yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, that's a good verse. It's first pure. pure. Wow. 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 Then peaceable. But mm-hmm. then it, it matches because wisdom encapsulates godly character. Integrity. integrity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. not at all making sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and I'm like, if not you're not living <laughs> in a way that like aligns with like sometimes and I've been seeing it so much more, but like just being quiet is like that's taken for granted mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. but knowing when to speak knowing when to withhold Absolutely. your your speech that alone you know that'll do it is a being pure mm-hmm. <laughs> you know withholding your natural human reaction like your instinct to, yeah. with some situation yeah. withholding that and be like god okay i give this to you i'm angry in this moment mm-hmm. But let me just take this to you. And what would you have me do? Like being angry is not the sin, but we can allow our anger to be a sin. And going back to Matthew 5 that I read earlier, but God was like, yeah, I told you before you heard it said that like murder, thou shall not commit murder. But if anybody is so angry with their brother that they're dragging them to court, you've sinned. Yep. So it's like there's so many dimensions to this, but it's yeah. really about living that like that godly character. Mm-hmm. And allowing God to be shaping every action, thought, emotion, feeling. Amen. Amen. So I just want to end this conversation here by kind of going back to the title, Purity Culture. And I think we've done a good job at debunking um, that. And I just want to close off by saying that purity, having a pure heart ultimately like we've just kind of discussed is about serving god but not just a sense of duty and not it's not just about morals so it's not about just doing the right things because it's doing you're supposed to and it's the right thing to do but it's it should stem ultimately from a pure heart and Mm -hmm. what is a pure heart it's a heart overflowing with love and gratitude for god so we are so tempted you know just because we're we're humans and all we can see is the surface we're so Mm -hmm. tempted to just think you know well i'm doing the right thing because it's the right thing and that's all that matters but no god wants a pure heart he doesn't want just the pure actions because they can be done with the wrong motive like we've discussed Mm -hmm. he wants a pure heart it's not just about the actions, not just about doing the doing things. It's about doing the right, doing them for the right reason. Yeah. And the right reason is to do them as unto the Lord. Blue <laughs> brought the and word girl. Honestly, let's give it up for Gabs. Drop some fire in the chat. <laughs> 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 uh, 
that's the, my favorite thing he said. <laughs> to some, he's appointed teachers. That's Gabby. And to some, he hasn't. That's me. I'm what? kidding. No, no, no. I'm so kidding. Ridiculous. But like, it was very good. I love Very good. Very much and I structured. really heard that it was a blessing to those listening. I think we all can take something away from this, no matter how far. Be encouraged. No matter how long you've been a Christian, there's always stuff to take away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Blooming girl, y'all. Blooming girl, y'all. See ya. Thank you.